You know, there's a lot of things going on uh, every single day. I always like to keep you informed with all of that. Today's Tuesday, November 22nd. Here's some of the stuff that's happening. A few holidays you might want to celebrate. I know we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving here in just a couple of days. Uh, but today marks uh, National Cranberry Sauce Day. You know, we, we uh, consume more than 5 million gallons of canned cranberry sauce during the holidays. Most of it ends up in the fridge until we eventually throw it out the next year. But a little bit of useless knowledge about cranberry sauce. Uh, it didn't get popular until the 1930s when the Ocean Spray Company started making canned sauce out of all of the cranberries that were too squished and ugly to sell. That's why they basically turned it into this gelatin log. Um, but you thought it was a Thanksgiving tradition. No, it's something that came out in the 1930s and they were just like, uh, what are we supposed to do with all this? Hey, let's make it into a jelly log and people will put it on their Thanksgiving table. Perfect. Uh, today's also Start Your Own Country Day. So if you're wanting to uh, plant the flag somewhere and start your own country, the tradition began uh, as a real thing back in the 1939 World's Fair in New York, uh, encouraging the creation of new countries. The UN says you need to meet four criteria in order to be recognized internationally. So if you can uh, check these boxes, then you're good. A sovereign territory, a government, a permanent population, and the ability to have relations with other states seems doable, right? Mm, maybe. <laughs> got, a, got a few of those you probably got to figure out. But hey, if you want to start your own country, that's your, uh, that's your blueprint right there. Today's also National Go for a Ride Day. Uh, so if you want to go for a ride, whether it be in the car, bike ride might be a little cold. Uh, and motorcycle too, probably not good. But if you live down south or something like that, and you listen to this fine program on the app, well then, go for a ride today. Today is also a very iconic day. A day that uh, many, many people remember exactly where they were on this day. 59 years ago, President John F. Kennedy was shot while riding in a motorcade in Dallas, Texas. He died 30 minutes later at the Parkland Memorial Hospital. And after all these years, there's conspiracy theories that haven't stopped. But this is one of the most iconic uh, announcements of it. Walter Cronkite. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. Vice President Lyndon Johnson <clears throat> has left the hospital in uh, Dallas, but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded. Uh, presumably, he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th President of the United States. Not only is that moment iconic, it's like the first time that Walter Cronkite, being the guy, you know, the steadfast, just strong individual that gave you the news and and didn't beat around the bush or do anything. He just said, this is what the news is. This is what you need to know. Um, he certainly 
could feel it. And I'm sure a lot of people as well. I, I wasn't around at that time, but even seeing some of the stuff and uh, uh, stuff like that really, really moves you. Other things going on uh, in, the, in as far as holidays and things. We know Thanksgiving's coming up here soon. Uh, and the Wall Street Journal says that uh, Macy's Place Pizzeria over in Buffalo, New York, uh, which they've got quite a lot of snow, so I'm not sure how you're going to get a delivery or pick up for this, but they're selling a Thanksgiving pizza. Uh, owner Nick Argy is topping his pie with turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, stuffing, corn, and, well, cranberry sauce. He says, it's just something about the holiday, or maybe I'm just a weird guy. But just think about that. You could make this pizza as well if you want. You know, you got your your Thanksgiving leftovers. You want to toss those all together and make a pizza. Not a bad idea. I think we've done that before in the house. Uh, a Thanksgiving pizza and just toss stuff on there. Um, it sounds great. I don't know about putting the cranberry sauce on there. Maybe... Maybe I make like a cranberry sauce dip or something like that. Um, but speaking of pizza, <laughs> this is probably the best way to to get a free pizza. A guy who calls himself the traffic cone saxophone man. You might remember. I believe he was on uh, one of the seasons of America's Got Talent. He was offered a free pizza. He offered a free pizza. To anyone at a restaurant willing to dance while he plays. And the kid took him up on the offer and got a big reward, bigger than expected. Anyone who dances gets a free pizza. You're dancing, aren't you? Yeah, he gave the kid $100. Pretty awesome. Uh, so if you're dancing, that'll help you get your day started. But that's some of the things you need to know to start your day. Um, but if you want to be part of the show, you want to give me a call, 925-WSJM. Maybe if you're part of a nonprofit, uh, maybe you're part of one that you volunteer for uh, around this time of year, and you got some really cool things going on that you say, you know what? We should be talking about this stuff. Feel free to reach out to me. You can always uh, give me a call, 925-WSJM. You can email letstalk at wsjm.com. Give me some of that info of the things that are going on, and, well, we'll get the word out for you. And you can be part of Got Something to Say, which is brought to you by our friends at United Federal Credit Union. We get you. My guest today is Jamie Brooks from CASA of Southwest Michigan. Hello, Jamie. Johnny, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Always good to chat with you and uh, to learn more about the great work that you guys do at CASA. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today is a little bit about not only CASA, but also really the, the things you guys do on a regular basis. So uh, really, I mean, I guess the, the good general question is, why does CASA exist? Sure. Well, first of all, CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates, and we exist to advocate for our kids who are in foster care in Berrien and St. Joseph counties. And why do we do this? Because we know that kids who enter the foster care system, they enter just such a chaotic world through no fault of their own. 
Um, and that world often looks like, you know, a new foster home or a new foster family to live with, new schools, new people in their lives, a whole bunch of new people in their lives, from caseworkers to judges and prosecutors. Um, all of those people are foreign, and all of those people change pretty frequently when a child is in care. And so we know kids need consistency in their world, and we know they need a consistent adult in their life. And the first and most important thing that we do is train our advocates to be that person, uh, to be somebody who shows up, somebody who they see on a regular basis, regardless of where they are, somebody who basically knows that this kid knows that this person has their back, that they understand what they're going through, and that they are there to make sure that kid gets whatever they need to make them healthy and whole while they're in the foster care system and to get out of that system as quickly as they can to permanency, whether that's back with a safe parent or something else like an adoptive parent or guardianship, that they have a permanent loving place to land every day. Yeah, it's uh, something that's consistent in a, a inconsistent and unexpected kind of situation that some of these kids are in. You know, like you said, somebody that is advocating for them and speaking for them, but also being there for them uh, throughout however long their journey may be throughout the foster care system. So I think it's such a, a really great program uh, and a really much needed thing. For these kids, because like you like you've said, uh, foster kids, you know, they may go to a foster family. They may not know where they're going to go and they don't know what they got and they may not have a whole lot of things, but they do know they're going to have somebody that is going to follow along with them. And you have some CASA advocates that are with kids for a number of months and a number of years, right? Oh, my goodness. Yes. And one of the hallmarks of why we're successful and why we do this is that we ask our volunteers when they finish training with us and agree to take a case that they stay with that child until that child has permanency. Often that is somewhere around 14, 15 months and we hope it's that short, but we do have children who've been in the system with their very same CASA advocate for several years and that person becomes a very valuable person to that child and, and vice versa, you know, we get a lot out of it as well. Those kids are amazing. Yeah, and what what are some of the other things that you you know about about kids in these in the foster system, and then things that you learn throughout these journeys? Sure. Well, we know that kids need a voice. And even our youngest kids, they need to be able to share what's going on in their world, in their head, how they feel about this situation, and what they want other adults to know. And you can imagine with a kid who's been through a lot, who, ha who doesn't necessarily trust anybody, to try to obtain that information, you have to really have a trusting adult in their life. And that adult has to be able to ask those questions in a very child-friendly way. You know, what is it that you want? How is it that you're feeling? What would you like these adults, often the judge, to know about how you feel about all of this? Um, that's very compelling for the court to make good decisions for a child. It's really important for the other professionals in their world to know where that child's head is. And moreover, it's very important for that child. It helps with their healing um, and how they kind of emerge from the trauma that they've suffered. 
Yeah, and having a casa it means not only having that voice and having that what you feel, but also I, I feel like, I don't know the statistics or not, but I feel like having a casa means that these kids are going to have a better journey and a better outcome in the end. And you've shared so many great stories of not only uh, great casas and their uh, their experiences, but also, you know, great success stories of foster kids that have had a casa and then, you know, they, they find a great family and maybe they go off to college and do all kinds of great things. But there's a lot of, uh, I think, a better chance for success. I agree wholeheartedly. And we have statistics to prove that as well. We're part of the larger National Casa Association and can imagine there's 900 programs and there's lots of studies about our impact and those studies continually show that kids with a CASA volunteer do better. They're more resilient, they do better in school, they are physically healthier, they have better mental health outcomes. Um, We even have one statistic that shows 98% of the kids who've had a CASA while they were in foster care grow up to not have kids in foster care um, as adults. Uh, this wow. is amazing stuff. Uh, it's generational change, and it really just takes a person that has a heart for kids, who has some time on their hands, and the desire to to help out and be a part of that kid's life until they are securely happy, healthy in, in their new environment. And let's, environment. Exactly. And let's talk a little bit about that as far as volunteers and the need for people, because like you said, you, you're an advocate, these foster kids, there's a lot of foster kids in the system, but there's also, uh, unfortunately not enough, uh, people to be CASAs. So you're always looking for people to, to make that commitment. But, um, what is the commitment for somebody that if they want to be a CASA and be involved in this? Sure. It's very simple. A lot of people think you have to have some kind of professional degree in child development or something. We require none of that. You have to be 21. You have to have a clean criminal history and you have to have a desire to learn. And we will take you from there. We offer a great deal of training. Our pre-service training is about 30 hours um, these days online via Zoom. And we will start you out with all of the basic information you need to know to do this work, but it doesn't end there. We have an amazing staff who are are very experienced in this world and who can answer just about any question that comes up. They kind of walk hand in hand with our volunteers. So it is never the situation where we ask somebody to do this work, train them in this work, and then set them free to do this work. We are holding hands for as long as it takes, usually for the entire duration of the case. We are there. That's awesome. Uh, and I love that you're able to support these people as they're supporting other uh, foster kids. Um, and other ways that people could support CASA and what you do, not just for being a volunteer, uh, but there's also uh, another part, the Friends of CASA. What's that all about? Sure. That is an auxiliary group of our program. And our friends of CASA are truly that. They are friends to us. They act as our ambassadors in the community. And so, yes, they're helping plan events that we do once in a while, but they're really helping making those connections to other folks in the community that might be interested in the work that we do. So it may involve setting up a meeting, Uh, with me and and somebody they know who might be interested in volunteering. It might be with a funder who might be interested in learning more about what we do. 
it may just be somebody who wants to know more about general foster care issues in the community and what they can do to help either with us or somebody else. You know, we know that a rising tide, you know, raises all boats. And the more people who know about what goes on in foster care and with these really precious kids, um, the better we all are as a community. Yeah. And another analogy I'll throw in there is it takes a village to raise your children. Uh, and that's another thing that you guys do. You're, the CASA is the village as the CASA is the the house, uh, but also an acronym. Um, so I'm just throwing all kinds of things in there just for just for uh, good measure. But other ways that we can support you, even monetarily, can we do that and help out CASA? If, if you're listening to this and say, man, this sounds like a really great organization. I'm sure they could use some help with some money. How do we do that? Oh, heck yeah. A lot of people think that we are part of the court system or part of the foster care system, like the DHHS or Kathy Charities or Bethany. And we are completely independent of those organizations. And it's necessary for us to be independent so that we can make those independent recommendations for these kids. Um, Having said that, a majority of our support comes from our community. So anybody who's interested in supporting us financially during this wonderful time of the year where we all think about who can we help. Um, CASA Southwest Michigan is definitely an organization that could benefit from the generosity of our community. Absolutely. Definitely uh, learn more about how you can do that. And uh, your website is a great resource for some of that, as well as, like we mentioned earlier, about people being volunteers and wanting to be uh, a CASA they could uh, go to your website and and learn more because I do know you guys are going to have um, training that's coming up here soon, right? We are. So if anybody's interested in learning more about volunteering, about donating, or just about general foster care issues, please visit our website, casaswmi.org. Most of the information about volunteering is on there, but we deliberately don't put everything on there because we want to talk to you. We want to hear what you would like to do. We want to hear your background. We want to learn from you and help you decide if it's the right opportunity for you. Absolutely. Definitely go and check that out and support the great work that CASA does. But Jamie, always good to talk to you. Thank you so much for telling me about everything you guys do at CASA Southwest Michigan. Thank you, Johnny. And if you'd like to talk to me about some of the things that your organization is doing or an organization you're a part of, feel free to reach out to me. You can email let's talk at wsjm.com. You can uh, simply give me a call, leave me a voicemail, 925-WSJM, and you can be part of Got Something to Say. It's brought to you by United Federal Credit Union. We get you. And uh, you can also check out uh, Got Something to Say at 530 after news with Andrew Green and the podcast at wsjm.com. Uh, Jocelyn's here with me. Uh, what was some of the, uh, the, the last year there was a special Thanksgiving candy corn. Yes. Uh, and Correct. then now there was, uh, just about a month or so ago, there was a special edition. Tailgating. Tailgating candy corn. And by the way, we did a video review. Uh, on my Facebook page, I'm going to have to share it on the WSJM Facebook page. For you to, uh, I wouldn't say enjoy. But yeah, it's not riveting news. Yeah, it's something that, one, you know my feelings on candy corn. They made it back in 1970. Thought and they it, stopped. Thought it was a good idea. Stopped, closed the shop and said, no one's ever going to eat these things ever again. All the stock is in the back. We're just going to, we're just going to let it 
go away. It'll it'll just sit on the shelves, collect dust. So and someone th- broke into the factory, and they're still packaging the same candy corn that was made in 1970. Exactly. There's somebody named Brox or Branches or whatever the how they say it. I think I say Brox. Brox. That's probably wrong, though. Okay, so we tried the Thanksgiving thing, uh, the one, and that it one- It was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Well, I liked, like, there was a coffee one, but then they snuck in, like, green bean casserole. Awful. That one was really the bad. The stuffing one was bad. It was, like, sausage. Who needs meat-flavored candy? Mm-mm. It was so, like, no, oh, it was bad. It I'd was like bad. to go to that research and development meeting where they're like, all right, guys, we're going to come out with new flavors. What kind of new flavors are we going to come out with? Oh, but they'll try anything. And guess what we did? Apparently, their research... We proved them right. Apparently, the research and development for the candy corn actually doesn't take place in 1974. It's in 1944, where everybody talks like that. What's in the news? Um, But anyways, we tried it. We we put this off a little bit, because I bought it probably a month and a half ago. Yeah, I mean, it was September. It was tailgating season, And and it's now Thanksgiving week. And every time we would look at the bag and say... Uh, we gotta do. We gotta watch. The, we gotta do a video. We have we to gotta, watch the candy corn. We watch the candy corn. <laughs> we walk by it and see it and say, "We need to eat those." I think we were afraid because of the two flavors, hot dog and hamburger. Which we put it off out of fear. Which a real hot dog and a real hamburger at a tailgate? Yes, that is a staple. But not a triangle waxy candy. No, um, we tried it. Uh, and maybe it's because they were they were in the bag for a while, but honestly, it's been in the bag for 40 years already. Right, so right. 50, 52. 52 years. Um, you have to check the math on that one. Just to- 1970? Sure. Four. You said 70. I changed it. Oh. Anyways. I forgot to listen. We tried it. Uh, there were, if I try to remember here, there was fruit punch. Mm-hmm. There was hot dog hamburger- Popcorn. Uh, popcorn and then maybe a couple other flavors that I can't There was remember. one more and I can't remember what it was. Out of all of them. Wait, hold on. I've never had fruit punch at a tailgate. I no. No. That's- I'm surprised there wasn't a beer flavored one because beer is the tailgate staple. Oh, ice cream was the other one. Ice, vanilla- I've also never had ice cream at a tailgate. <laughs> this was like a kid's carnival tailgate. Hey, let's celebrate. The, the Irish are taking on the Wolverines. What'd you bring? Step on down. I brought a tub of vanilla ice cream for anybody who wants to have some. And I brought a gallon of fruit punch. Mmm, delicious. They it, were not. It was not. <laughs> they were not. The not hot dog good. one had this 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 hint of onion taste and mm-hmm. I don't like onions. It was quite terrifying. And the hamburger one just tasted like candle. It was just it tasted like red. It did taste and you'd think that the fruit punch would taste like red. Yeah. And the fruit punch is actually pretty good. But I guess I think maybe they were making it too hard on themselves. Like couldn't you have just done mustard and played that off as a hamburger flavor? Right. I think candy corn needs to stay in their lane. They need to just make candy corn and not come up with these special edition flavors like everybody else is trying to do. Okay, but what is the flavor of original candy corn? What's the flavor? Does it have a flavor? What is it? Sugar. Sugar flavored corn. Sugar flavored corn. That's all it is. Mm, it's orange candle flavor. Orange candle flavor. Yes. But it doesn't taste like orange. It doesn't. I don't get it. The company that is really good at duplicating real life 
flavors of things that you have, other foods, is Jelly Belly. Yeah. Yeah. I am a fan. The popcorn tastes like popcorn. The pear tastes like pear. Those are my two favorite flavors. The grass. Plus the blueberry Krispy Kreme flavor. Oh. I'm not a fan of the grass. Thank you. The, yeah, the bean bean boozled ones. But Harry Jelly Potter Bellies ones. are not cheap. No, they're not. And candy corn is. It is. But they need to team up somehow <laughs> and make Belly some- corn. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured a large stomach and there's candy corn in the belly button. Try our belly corn. It's like a really bad version of operation. Yeah. Oh, he's got the belly corn, sir. How come all of our announcers are from 1940? I don't know. <laughs> extra, extra. Belly corn operation gone awry. I think uh, belly corn would be the most disgusting thing. I just hope that people that are listening have not eaten breakfast yet. Well, it's better than candy jellies. Mm, yeah, I think belly... That sounds British. Can- have some candy jellies, mum. Candy jellies and beans for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> So, yeah, if you want to check out that video, uh, we'll post that on our uh, uh, WSJM Facebook page for you to uh, to check out. And uh, if you've had these tailgate candy corns before, feel free to comment with your review. Uh, we are going to be cooking a lot of food and eating a lot of food for Thanksgiving. Yes, uh, what, we are. Tradition. Have you come up with any new recipes? Because everybody, I will say... And this is not just, uh, you know, me giving you a lot of hype. Everyone loves whatever you bring to the Thanksgiving table. Thank you. Thank you. I try my hardest. What's your, are you going to bring anything special to our holiday get together? This year, um, I believe I'm going to be doing cranberry curd bars for dessert. Um, A winter salad. Very nice. Um, I believe we're going to go like mustard vinaigrette, pears, and blue cheese, and um, radicchio. Oh, radicchio. Yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I don't think I've ever had your winter salad. Um, Not true. I made it for Reinhardt Family Christmas a couple years ago. Okay, Reinhardt Family Christmas. I do remember that. Uh, What about some of the things that you don't want to eat? During the holidays, what is there a food that you say, ah, I'm going to pass that Unfortunately, by? Unfortunately, I'm not a sweet potato person. Okay. I like sweet potato savory. I don't understand why you have to make something that's so sweet, even sweeter, mm. like maple syrup, marshmallows. What are we doing? I think that's, I think most people do too many marshmallows. I don't think we need as many marshmallows. I think a little, you've already got the brown sugar. You already right. probably tossed in a little maple syrup and it's already... A sweet potato. Well, my mother's sweet potato souffle is legendary, and no matter where we go, people request it. She doesn't do marshmallows, so um, I don't dislike hers. I just, it's too much sugar for me. Yeah. Well, I I found a, a few lists, and I always like to find lists and see your opinion on uh, that list. I actually have two differing lists. This is a battle. Let's do it. I could give you a battle of uh, uh, most dislike Thanksgiving foods. I also have another list of Thanksgiving food face off where you pick one or the other. Which one would you like to face off? Face off. Okay. Uh, Apple pie or pecan pie? Pecan pie. Pecan pie. All right. Brussels sprouts or glazed carrots? 
Brussels sprouts, but okay. only if they're not steamed or microwaved. Roasted, crispy. Never been a glazed carrot fan. Again, it's sweet. Don't mm-hmm. make it sweeter. Uh, speaking of sweet, what about baked sweet potatoes or the pumpkin pie? Pumpkin pie. Okay. Though you are trying a sweet potato pie this year, are you not? I think I'm going to do that for Christmas. Well, it's still this year, but okay. Yeah, I think I'll do sweet potato pie for Christmas because I love, anytime I get it from the store or if somebody has a sweet potato pie, oh, so good. <laughs> I think sweet potato pie, if I had to pick between sweet potato pie and pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie. Okay. okay. That would be my choice. It's, it's, it's a little bit more, you get a more of the flavor. I would say it's more complex, yeah. Yeah, because when you get pumpkin pie, you get more of the spices. Right, And not the pumpkin. You get the nutmeg, which I'm not a fan of. in our country, it doesn't actually have to be pumpkin inside canned pumpkin. Is that true? It just has to be winter squash. Oh. So you can label it pumpkin even if it's not. So you could be eating a yellow zucchini pie. Even when it says 100% pure pumpkin, it's not? Right. They categorize um, squash and, and gourds. Can you eat gourds? Oh, you can definitely eat gourds. Mm, weird. Yeah. Um, okay. What about if you had to go between sweet potato casserole or green bean casserole? What is sweet potato casserole? How is that not sweet potatoes? Uh, I think you're more, you're making it a casserole-y what? type thing. I, 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 don't know, I don't know. Baked Well, baked sweet potatoes are probably just, you bake the sweet potatoes and you put them in a dish. And that's it. Kind of like you do... Uh, so, sweet potato casserole is like brown sugar, pecans, yeah. syrup. Okay. The baked sweet potato would be just like he'd do it like a baked potato. You just say, here, here's your giant... You're going to eat a whole sweet potato at Thanksgiving dinner, and then there's no room for potatoes and gravy. Absolutely. Speaking of gravy, uh, when you're putting this on your turkey, or really anything, gravy or cranberry sauce? I like both, but not together. I don't like if my cranberry sauce touches my gravy. Because you're a food doesn't touch kind of person on a regular basis. Thanksgiving still, it has to not touch. There are some some, um, um, leniencies, like your gravy can touch the stuffing, obviously. Your potatoes and your turkey can touch, obviously. But your cranberry sauce can't touch your gravy. Mm. But you're also one of those syrup on your eggs accidentally on purpose type of people. Accidentally on purpose, yeah. I like sweet stuff. Um, yeah. but you, so is it you, sugar and syrup? <laughs> sugar, exactly. <laughs> it's, if there is, then I'll take it. Um, but so when it comes to that, let's go, uh, I guess, off on the uh, on a tangent here when it comes to cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, we had a we had a battle. I, I think there was yeah. a, somebody, a friends on Facebook. One of our on friends Facebook. on Facebook just battled out canned over homemade cranberry sauce. And the amount of people that preferred canned is astonishing. And it's not just—it's not the can that actually still has the whole berries in it. They're talking no. the can pureed purple. It looks magenta. Yeah. yeah, it comes out in the shape of a can. If it doesn't have the ridges, they don't want to eat it. And if it doesn't have—if it doesn't make the sound when it's coming out of the can, do it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was a little fluffy at the end, but. <laughs> That was the plop. Oh, right, right. Yeah, the plop at the end there. It was a dry plop. But then, yeah, because I remember my grandma used to do that. My grandma would always have the cranberry sauce, the jelly in cylinder the in the can, and she would she would have the ceremonial slicing of the cranberry log. I think <laughs> I think it's mostly tradition. 
you, I mean, you can't prefer the flavor, right? It's just like pink sugar. Yeah. I, I think, because we've made the cranberry sauce. We make it every year. Every year. And I think we do a pretty good job. We, we put a little orange zest in there, mm-hmm. a little orange juice. and Sometimes uh, you hit it with whiskey. Yeah. Throw a little, ooh, a little whiskey in there. Yeah. I like to sneak that in. I'm glad you noticed that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the way to go. So I think that. If you make it that way, try it this time for Thanksgiving, and you might like it even more. And I think cranberries on top of turkey, there's nothing like that combination. Yeah, it's delicious. So, we got a lot of different things uh, that we'll be having on our Christmas and holiday and Thanksgiving tables. I'm just ready to eat. Have you been... Uh... <laughs> no, we've, we've not been eating well this week, so I'm not ready to eat. I think we need to do like a cabbage cleanse for the next oh, yeah. couple days. Or just not eat for like a day and then just binge. No, that's a terrible idea. Don't listen to Johnny. <sighs> I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. <laughs> and your Mooney on the Market update happening now. It's brought to you by our friends at Insurance Management Service. Call IMS Today, your local auto owner's agency in St. Joseph and in Niles. And when you go to MoodyOnTheMarket.com, you'll see great stories like this one written by Moody on the Market contributor Jocelyn Dzinski. Present Pillars exists to inspire community for fathers. That's what James says. He's the co-founder of the nonprofit organization. We promote a culture of normalcy through excellence in health, finance, advocacy, education, and fellowship to be the father our children deserve. Now, the Present Pillars podcast began as a conversation between friends, James Gunter and John Sams IV, about their journey in fatherhood. Now, their first episode debuted in the fall of 2021, and since then, the two have interviewed dozens of dads who share their ideas and goals of creating an environment where fathers can succeed. Positive messaging doesn't exist for fathers in our community, James says. Many would say that accountability is important, and we agree. However, so is community. Fatherhood is a major determinant of the quality of life for families, so it makes sense that it has a support system that can handle the magnitude that it carries. Involvement in the community is one of the ways that these men are changing lives, hosting events like Dad's Day in the Park, a father and kids camp out, uh, participating in United Way's Rake a Difference, and working diligently with the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Southwest Michigan and the 400 Black Mentoring Program. This year, they're introducing the first ever Pillar Awards presented by Honor Credit Union. Honor Credit Union is an amazing partnership for us. They were able to work with us as a toy drop location uh, this past year during the holiday season when we gave away over 1,000 toys to children in our community. And this year, they're helping us with the Pillar Awards. The first annual Pillar Awards is a celebration of fatherhood. They'll recognize dads who have chosen to be present in the uh, lives of their families and are intentional in their pursuit to be a good dad a present pillar for his family. The Pillar Awards will honor 10 legendary fathers in the community as well as recognition for Pillar of the Year, Girl Dad of the Year, Bonus Dad of the Year, Best Dad Jokes, and Sports Dad of the Year. Now, the award ceremony is going to be held at the Teen Center campus of the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Southwest Michigan in Benton Harbor, and it'll be hosted by Ardale Clark, uh, founder of Beyond Limits Entertainment. Nominations for the Pillar Awards are now closed, but watch the Present Pillar's Facebook page for the winner announcements on December 3rd. There are many ways to get involved with Present Pillars. Dads can volunteer to be peer coaches, 
Community members can volunteer to help with service projects and events. And as they're a nonprofit, monetary donations are also accepted. Their website, presentpillars.org, offers guidance of the program and the programs they offer, like Pillars University and links to their podcast with Season 2 coming soon. You can follow their social media accounts for updates on all of the wonderful things that Present Pillars is doing in the community. And read that full story written by Moody on the Market contributor Jocelyn Tuzinski at MoodyOnTheMarket.com. And when you're on the go and you want to know what's happening in Southwest Michigan, just download the Moody on the Market app in your app store. Your Moody on the Market update brought to you by our friends at Insurance Management Service. Call IMS today, your local auto owners agency in St. Joseph and in Niles.